You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. It's good to be here this morning on this second day of Advent. And during this season of Advent, it is a time of, of waiting. It's a season of miracles. It's a sense of expectation. And, you know, it's easy for us as we look at the Scripture and we look at the familiar stories that we really miss out on the whole idea that God is about disruptions, that God is about uh, breaking in in unexpected ways, and that God does this to those who are open and available. Now, I got a question for you this morning. Um, how many of you have ever desired to be the favorite? I mean, to be the favorite in the family. Uh, I think that that in some ways can be a very selfish thing. It can come from insecurity. It, it, but I also think there's some innate place in our spirit where we have a need if not a desire to be noticed, to be the favorite of someone. And I think related to this is this whole idea of being favored by God. You ever thought about being one of God's favorites? What what does that really mean? What's required of that? Do you really want to be? My, My twin brother and I, to this day, joke with each other. I just got a text from him this week that said, mom always loved me best. Speaking about himself and I speak about myself. And yet this whole idea of rivalry, this idea of contentiousness and wanting to be favorites leads to all kinds of jealousy. We know in the story of scripture that Esau and Jacob were famous twins that were in a rivalry about being their parents' favorite. When you read the scripture and the gospel of John, you think about the 12 guys that followed Jesus. They were vying for position to be in a position of favor with Jesus. And we live in a culture in a time where, you know, in the workplace or maybe in your biological family or in sports, we vie for positions We try to get the attention of people with power and influence so that we can get that break ourselves. But I want to say to you this morning that the favor of God is very different. In one sense, it seems like people have the favor of God because they've got intelligence or they've got capabilities or they're specially gifted or they have talents. But the favor of God does not have anything to do with really our natural capacities or our capabilities. It has to do with the matters of the heart. God's favor, God's presence, his intimacy, his power, the reality of who God is and the closeness of what he wants to be in our life is not about any position that we hold but it's the position that God holds in our hearts. So 
Do you want to be one of God's favorites? Really? Do you want to be favored by God? What does that mean? What does it look like? What's required? What are the benefits? We can learn a lot from a girl, a young girl named Mary, and we can learn a lot from the Gospel of Luke. I want to invite you this morning as I read from Luke chapter 1 to stand with me as we hear these words of the Gospel. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused. And disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. To Mary's question, how will this happen? I'm a virgin. (laughs) So the baby will be born and will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. The word of God for the, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You can have a seat. So did you catch it? Not just once, but twice. Mary is told that she's favored by God. But, but what does that really mean, to be favored by God? Mary is going to be going through it. Mary is going to be going through a lot of hardship. Mary is going to be going through a lot of trial. You know, uh, the idea of being favored with God is not exactly the same thing as our idea of the good life. If we can see this contrast uh, in the good life, in the good life, (laughs) we measure the good life in terms of high social standing. How am I respected among my peers? What's the status of my persona in the community. But this favored life of God with Mary is not going to lead to that. It's going to lead to ridicule. A young girl having a baby out of wedlock. The, the good life uh, we think of is comfort and ease. And if you're like me, you, you like your creature comforts. Mary's going to get a donkey ride to Bethlehem, and at best, it's a donkey ride. We don't know for sure, 
whether she even had the benefit of writing. I sure hope she did. We think of the good life as good health care, a good system of access to medical needs. Mary's going to give birth to a baby in a cave-like stable. I think of uh, the good life as safety and security and creature comforts. But Mary's son is going to be threatened several times in life. We know the end of that story. But even as a small child, Mary and Joseph are going to have to seek refuge in all places, Egypt, because there's a threat on his life. I think of the good life as prosperity, financial security. Mary's going to be raising a family, a large family, on a carpenter's pay. So I don't know. You want to be favored by God or not? Do we really want to be? And I think the reality is, friends, that uh, if you're like me, you kind of balk at this and because you sense that uh, the greater the favor, the greater the closeness, the greater the intimacy, the greater the power, the greater the sacrifice. And sometimes we just say no and we back away from God and there's a resistance in us because we don't want this. We don't wanna have to do without or we're afraid of some of the characteristics that happened to Mary could happen to us. So sometimes I back away. Sometimes I just say enough already. Sometimes I just refuse to be obedient in a joyful, vibrant way of what God is really wanting and asking of me. Sometimes I'm not open to the disruptions in my life that I feel like God is trying to break in. You know, Mary was troubled and she was afraid for good reason. There was even a, a folklore tale that was very popular in Mary's day that comes from Tobit, which is in the apocryphal scripture, the Old Testament, where a mean angel would visit a bride on her bride's night and kill the bridegroom. And it happened repeatedly in the folktale. And Mary, no doubt, grew up with that sense of fear. I think there's fear that we have of the supernatural. We're afraid of the reality that God could break in. Are you open to the supernatural? Are you open to the nuances and the ways in which God may want to do something in your life that's very unusual? You know, sometimes I, I feel like good, traditional, church-going people who have all the right beliefs, I just wish sometimes that there was a greater sense of openness to the miracles and the disruptions and the reality of the Spirit of God in our life. And there's times when I wish people who just go headlong with any kind of medium in the supernatural would pause and give thought to that because there's good angels and there's bad angels. 
You know, we probably don't have to be afraid of yoga. But before we ridicule the pastor too much, we need to be concerned about the reality of evil, the occult and witchcraft and sorcery and even crazy things like Ouija boards because there are all kinds of mediums that the supernatural can go into. And I want the better angels. I want the spirit of God to come into me. And I don't want to be vulnerable and seeking those things that are just thrills but are not good for my life. I think Mary in this story, when she's asking the question of the angels, she may be checking out his credentials. Not a bad thing to do. But in my life, I've found that when I back away from God, I'm more vulnerable to those attacks. I'm more vulnerable to darker angels. And sometimes when I don't even know how, I've left open a crack in my spirit and my heart that pulls me away from God and makes me more vulnerable to the evil side. Thanksgiving Day was a great day for our family. We um, had 10 guests there. We had immediate family and extended family. And, uh, you know, wouldn't you know it, you know, just as soon as the guests arrived, the guest bathroom stopped working and... Um, it was a hot day on Thanksgiving Day. Do you remember? And with the oven running and with um, a lot of the bodies in the present, you know, it just got hotter and hotter. And so I opened the back door a crack. I mean, just a crack to let open the fresh air. And just after grace was said, this bird flew in that tiny little crack. Now in our family, uh, someone always gets blamed for this. And when there were all kinds of other people living in the house, it, you never quite knew who someone was, but I'm someone, aren't I, Susan? And so the bird flies in, there's chaos. He flies in the living room, he flies in the kitchen, he flies in the dining room, and no one is enjoying this except our four-year-old grandson who's having a wonderful time. Well, we do what we can to get that bird out of, and fortunately, before I become the turkey of the day, we get the bird outside. Susan did say that he did leave a few deposits in the kitchen, but thankfully the guests were all situated in the dining room and they never ever knew. But I have recognized that when I leave my soul, my heart, my spirit open just a crack, I'm vulnerable to the unwanted guests. Recently, I felt like that. I felt a heaviness. I felt, um, I felt out of sorts. I felt out of whack. I felt like I was insulated from God 
encased where God was outside the encasement and I was vulnerable to the evil attacks. I wasn't living the favored life. I, I was far from that. And through um, a time of spiritual direction with peers and through the trusted prayer of a friend, there's something that's lifted from that. And, and now I, I have a, a greater sense of the closeness of God, but not just the closeness, but a sense that my priorities and my spirit are lined up in the way that it needs to be. We live with all kinds of stuff flow, flying in the air. We just can't see it all. But it's there. And may God give us eyes to see and ears to hear that we might walk in the benefit of favor with God. You know, I've lived long enough and I've done ministry long enough to tell the difference. And it's one thing to have the favor of God, but you can also have it in your past. And something's happened that's taken away that closeness, that intimacy. There's been a resistance in your spirit. You, and you're missing it. And whatever it is, that was the price where that left you is not worth it. I love Psalm 91. If you want to, to check out the way in which God works and calls us to be under the shadow of his wings and the closeness of God, read Psalm 91. Live under the shadow of his wings. And looking at the benefit of Psalm 91, there's a few verses that I want to highlight this morning. It says that I will rescue those who love me. This is God speaking. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. That's the favor of God. And that's the favor that's available to anyone that's a favorite of God's. And I have found that my intimacy and my closeness with God is in no way diminished by your closeness and your intimacy with God. It's not like God's love is going to run out. <laughs> God's love is infinite. And the closer and the more real that I have God in my life, the more I want that in everyone's life. That's the benefit. So what's required of us? Let's look again at the story of Mary. When Mary is visited by the angel, what we find about Mary is that she's curious, that she's inquisitive. And I think that that's something that's required of us to live in the favor of God. I hope your relationship with God has not gotten so stale or stagnant that you still don't ask God questions, that there's not some curiosity that's invoked in you. Mary enters into questions and conversation with God. And it's not the last time she's going to do that. But there's a natural curiosity that happens that leads to dynamic conversations when we're really wanting and seeking 
God in our life. And Mary's available. You know, God, again, he can use anyone. But it's not the position we hold. It's not our intellect. It's not our spiritual giftedness or our natural talents or abilities or personality. It's those who are available and yielded and would say with Mary, I am the Lord's servant. God's favor rests and is on people who's in, in it, 100%. For Mary says, let it happen to me just the way you have said. The favor of God. I can't think of a better gift from God this Christmas. When I don't have it, even when things go well, there's an emptiness, there's a hollowness in my spirit. But when I have it, when I have the closeness, when I have the intimacy, when I know I'm speaking from the presence of God, even in the hard times, even in the trouble, even in the sacrifice that's required. It's all worth it. And then some. So this morning, I want to invite you to ask some questions. First, ask God this question. God, is there something new that you want to conceive in me? Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. What do you want to conceive in me by your spirit, Lord. This time in my life, this season, that's fresh and new, how do you want to break in? And for that to happen, ask yourself the questions. Are my priorities lined up where God can use me? Am I living in the favor of God? As our band comes up, I just want to remind us, uh, you know, next week and, and as you continue to walk through the gospel of Luke, what you find is that Mary goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth. So sometimes in our spirit, in our life, friends, um, we have to seek somebody else out. We have to go to a spiritual guide or a friend and we want to compare spiritual notes. This is what Mary did right after the angel visited her. She went out and found somebody else that was pregnant in the family and my goodness, could they not talk to each other? Maybe there's someone you need to search out and talk with. Or maybe you just need to ponder things in your heart. Maybe you just need to be quiet and still. So in this time of worship, let's be open to the way that God wants to break into our life. That God may want to disrupt our life. That we might know his favor.